Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for this week's episode with the one and only Navin Pillay. Navin, I've had on the show um, basically when we launched Peak Mind, and it's one of the most popular conversations that I've ever had. And so I reached out to Navin whilst we've been in quarantine because I had had this idea that May is Mental Health Month. And as I mentioned in one of my previous episodes, I've been going through my own personal mourning uh, as I've just lost my father, but we're also together in this collective mourning. And I think a lot of great attention is being brought to the essential aspects of supporting our frontline workers. Um, But I also think that there's a lot of attention that needs to be brought to our collective mental health and mental well-being and how do we maintain our resilience and also how do we spring forward into a collective renaissance, if you will, when we move out of this period of imposed isolation. What are, what are the learnings that we're to be taking from this COVID era? And frankly, how can we utilize this period to its greatest effect as we are in this period of collective and individual reflection? And I think you'll get a tremendous amount of value from this conversation. Uh, Navin has a, a very, very unique perspective. And we talk about uh, all kinds of things as it relates to our pursuing nature. You know, what, what I think this time um, causes us to pause and reflect upon as it relates to achievements, how we actually manage the necessity of survival um, amidst, you know, 30 million, at least in America, people filing for unemployment and at the same time, the pursuit of purpose and our true nature. So I think if you're if you're having questions around survival, around you know existential purpose, around how do we utilize this time, how do we maintain our, our mental integrity, if you will, I think you'll get a lot of value out of this episode with Navin Pillay. I'm going to be putting out content or creating content at least every day this month of May. So if there's <coughs> excuse me anyone you'd love to see, please send me a DM. I'm at Michael Trainer. Um, as always, greatly appreciate uh, your five-star reviews. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it helps us move up in the algorithm and reach more people. So if you do have 20 seconds to leave a, a quick rating review over on iTunes, it would mean the world to me. And uh, this episode is brought to you by a cause that is near and dear to my heart, which is I'm, I'm building a well in my father's honor. And 100% of the proceeds go to provide clean water and sanitation to communities uh, in need. I find in, in times of challenge that oftentimes the best thing we can do is to focus out. And so my intention with, with this well is that we focus out and build something we can all be collectively proud of as a community. So I'll link up uh, below in the show notes, but ostensibly 100% of proceeds, even transaction fees from Amer- Amex or, or, or credit cards um, are donated by Charity Water to the field and we're building a well in Ethiopia where people don't have access to clean water and sanitation. Obviously sanitation being more critical now than ever. And those who don't know, uh, dirty water kills more than all all wars combined. So my vision is to focus out, um, even $10 is, is significant. If you have uh, if you have any to give, it, it's, it's going to a wonderful place. Again, 100% going to the field. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for all who have contributed. It means the world to me. And uh, I hope you guys are keeping well out there. Um, your well-being means a lot to me. And uh, I'm grateful for you listening. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce the one and only Navin Pillay. 
All right, so we'll jump right into it. All right, my friends, I'm here with my dear friend, Navin Pillay, who, who we've had on his show before. I don't know if you know this, Navin, actually, but you're one of my, uh, my most uh, downloaded episodes. I think you're in the, uh, nothing, nothing this matters to you, but uh, you're, you're, you're a top 10 performer, my friend. <laughs> All right, okay, good to hear. Yeah. So from, from uh, for perspective, for those who are, who are listening, uh, Navin and I uh, met a, a, a couple of years ago through uh, our mutual friend, Sarinda Swan, who had done a workshop uh, with Navin and uh, afterwards had some really profound professional evolution, uh, booked a show with The Rock, uh, booked her own sort of Marvel uh, show, and my achieving nature was like, wow, like something shifted and man, things are really working. And uh, so uh, she had attributed it in part to uh, the workshop she had done with you. And I then said, well, sign me up. I'm in. And then one workshop I was so enrolled in, I, I, I was so like moved that I wound up doing the second. And it was a really transformative period for me. It was back uh, in Ojai a couple of years ago. And you and I had a conversation then, which people can listen to. Uh, I'll link it below in the show notes. That was really quite special, um, not just for me, I think, but for a lot of folks that had listened. And, and so currently, as we're recording, we're amidst um, this kind of collective quarantine, if you will. Um, it's, it's during the, the, the COVID uh, pandemic. And you and I had a wonderful conversation yesterday around sort of the various levels of our beingness amidst this time, collectively and individually, as it relates to you know, this sort of survival in the, in the sort of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as well as uh, what you termed, as I understand it, the glory, right, which is that sort of higher uh, pursuit within ourselves. Higher may not be the right word, but that, that pursuit within ourselves that is kind of the rightness of who we are, as I, as I understand it. And so, first of all, welcome to the show, Navin, and uh, I'm super excited to dive in with you because I think Right now, we're amidst this collective reckoning, if you will, um, where people, you know, in the United States, you're in Berlin currently, in the United States, over 30 million people have now filed for unemployment. So there's definitely a, a real survival uh, shakeup. And a lot of folks whose, whose identities were rooted in what they, what they do, also their ability to, you know, not, not just to make that sort of existential, but like, you know, in very practical terms, you know, their ability to care for their family potentially as providers. There's, there's a real, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a real tangible challenge and, and suffering. And then there's also, you know, a shakeup as it relates to, okay, how do I, how do I move through the world now? Uh, so I wanted to chat with you because I know this is something that you've, uh, you've thought quite a lot about. And, um, Get some of your perspectives as it relates to how we can sort of navigate these waters. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a big subject. How long do we have? <laughs> yeah, we've got ten minutes, so no, 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 no. no. But we, we, I think I think within an hour at least we can scratch the surface. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think the only, so to say, honest way that we we probably can enter this subject is uh, if we. We possibly link what we are struggling with in regards to that. Yeah. So, so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna speak right now, I, I, I will not dare to claim that I'm speaking speaking for the rest of humanity. But at least from 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 what yeah. I'm facing with the situation and and the perspective that at least I'm uh, I'm taking from it. Um, 
And one of the things is that I think with the current scenario, at least with the COVID-19, one of the facts that it uh, that it has kind of, you want to say it imposed or revealed is that we all sort of say have to go into an isolation mode, mm. right? So, so when it first started happening, it was like, oh yeah, it's in China. And, and suddenly it's like, oh my God, yeah, it's in Germany. Everything is shutting down and, and you know, I have to stay at home right now. Not that I wasn't doing it much before, but <laughs> but there was no more contact. And it was the the first thing that was interesting about it was it said have uh, social distancing. So even if you're going to be with uh, going to go outside for a walk, make sure you have six feet between you and the other. And part of the social distancing model was that you don't want to be infected by another or run the risk of it. But also it worked on the pretext that I may be having it unbeknownst to me. And so I'm not just protecting myself from the risk of another, but I'm also protecting them from the risk of me. Yeah. And so this space of six feet, uh, we call it social distancing, this space actually holds a space that in some way or other, I can be safe or I can still live, so to say. We, we say like the space that held the safety or health of us. Mm. Right? And that was uh, a really fascinating thing because I was sharing with you yesterday, I'm, uh, I'm currently learning or engaging in this 21-day creation challenge that was uh, offered uh, as part of the Friends to Mankind uh, <clears throat> global peace effort. And it was from my teacher, his name is Dian Wimmer. And, um, and in this, the six rights, he calls it the six rights of creation. That sixth right say is, what am I a dedication to? How am, how am I just me being me what is it I'm offering? How, how am I a blessing to all? And and this juvenile mind of mine thinks like, yeah, I got to do something. I got to go change the world. I've got to do all these things right now, right? And with this COVID situation, we were like, oh, put back here. Now I can't do all these things. I can't take these actions that create this value that and I feel I'm doing something for another that I'm feeding off and feeling like I have a purpose. Mm. And so we are all asked to keep uh, social isolation and it says, wait a minute, even with this six feet, am I not being a blessing by just holding that space? Am I actually preventing myself uh, from affecting another negatively at the same time also holding myself in a way I'm not being affected and, and leading to the, causing me to more to be a curse to the situation rather than a blessing. Mm. But what I'm trying to sort of lead to was, I had to start off first with the assumption that I could be having it too. So in other words, it was a beautiful time right now, I felt, to really kind of retreat back and see, as I am right now, um, how am I affecting? Mm. And, and I have nothing to distract me right now, because if, if things were back to normal, so to say, we would be doing all sorts of stuff right now to kind of escape that, oh yeah, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm contributing, I'm, I'm doing that. But right now, all of us are kind of isolated, right? So it says that it really gives me a chance to sort of retreat back and say, how, how am I ready? And yeah. how am I, is it, um, how is it affecting? I know from the COVID point of view, I can keep a, a distance and I, and I know at least I'm affecting a space by keeping that distance, I'm affecting a space that another can be safe, that they're not going to be contaminated. But I'm starting off with the assumption that I may or may not have it, which means I'm starting off with the assumption right now here, there is a blindness to me. 
which I, which I need to hold myself right with, so to say. Yeah, and I think so. This six right was sort of that right that I can sort of hold to to do this, so to say, uh, self check or or, or self uh, meeting, mm. <laughs> not mm. not think, expressing myself so well, but you know what I'm going at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think what 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 resonates about what you said is, to me at least, it's the it's the idea of taking us out of our doing mind as our core identity, because what what has been in some ways uh, imposed by our current state of affairs is that, in some ways, not doing is the greatest gift you can give to the world, yeah. which which yeah. is antithetical to. The normal uh, modus operandi, which is our whole identity, is in the doing this. Um, yeah. So I think I think that that's I think that that is uh, I think a truly beautiful kind of juxtaposition in a way. And the other piece I think you mentioned that I resonate with is what does it look like to really truly sit with your your beingness, like without the distractions. And obviously I think many of us, including myself taking full responsibility, you know, like, you know, I watched the tiger King in the beginning of quarantine and I did all the distractions on the Netflix and like, you know, slowly, I mean, gratefully, I, I I think I mentioned to you, I've taken, uh, I think now crossed over six months, uh, without alcohol. And I know one of the things is alcohol sales have been up like 55% in terms of, uh, like, uh, the time we're living in. And, you know, I think a lot of people are dealing with anxiety. And, and so you look at the yeah. ways in which traditionally people numb. And, you know, as I shared with you previously, I'm, I've also been dealing with, you know, a deep personal loss in terms of the loss of my father amidst our collective loss in terms of this quarantine. So there's this collective mourning period. And then for me, a very deep personal mourning period. But I've been going through that kind of without any, without numbing, which is largely, which is, which has been a real reckoning. And then when you and I were talking again, and I like the frame that you said, you know, let's keep it very, let's keep it personal because I think that's where we can really approach it, you know, to, to get vulnerable with it. You know, I, like many folks have been really questioning my own survival, like, okay, um, you know, what is this, what does it look like to live in this world? And a lot of my uh, contracts, a lot of my sponsors, a lot of my financial well-being was totally wiped out um, as a result of, you know, this current this current situation. And I came back from my from being with my family and this existential reckoning, which was, you know, the transition uh, with my father. And I landed back to, to a couple of people sort of uh, enrolling me into a vision that was almost identical to my own and very seductive financially because they were they were dangling big carrots you know week one it was 50,000 then la- this week it was 100,000 I mean like life-changing money in the context of, of feeling the potential fear and scarcity and both situations I spent multiple days of my life to move to agreement commensurate with what they had shared in mm-hmm. both instances at the moment of them committing they both vanished in thin air and so it was like this, like the, also the emotional roller coaster of feeling from a place of like wantingness and like and, and survival and trying to create that sense of security. And in both instances, putting a great deal of effort, time, thought into making that real. And in, in both instances, the reality that the, the reality of it dissipating. And so my survival feeling shaken and also even questioning myself, hang on, what, what am I what, what rabbit am I chasing here? You know, and. <clears throat> And 
and from what place does my being most eventuate the kind of success that I want? And, and for me, that success is beyond. I've never really oriented myself around financial success being by primary. But, but it is obviously, in some ways, to what we discussed yesterday, a part of our reality, right? You can't really pursue the glory, I think, which is, which is uh, largely where I like to, to... And glory not in the sense of how we in the West often associate glory with like, you know, praise and accolades, but more glory as in the sense of who we truly are and our unique reason for being uh, in this life on the planet. Um, how to find the alignment with survival and glory. And so you, you, you and I, when we talked about this yesterday, had just, I, I love the way that you shared that, you know, oftentimes I think, especially those who are spiritually minded, pursue the glory uh, but forsake the survival, and oftentimes, uh, my interpretation, they're kind of spiritually bypassing. And so, right mm-hmm. now, the, the uniqueness of our time is you kind of have. We, we, there's a real, there's a realness, right? There's no bypassing. We're we're actually mm-hmm. confronted with the realness of yeah. of of these different levels of reality all at once, like survival. Like the, you, you use the analogy of the pebble and the boulder. It's like we can trip over the pebbles, which is survival in pursuit of the, you know, the mountaintop of the glory. And right mm-hmm. now it's like we've got to navigate the whole field at once in a very yeah. real way. And I am feeling that, man. I mean, yeah. I am like, I think like many listening, I am, you know, pardon my language, but fucking feeling the, the like, whoa, like yeah. existentially in terms of family and, and my, 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 my mountain, my rock in terms of that, which I've loved and trusted my whole life and, and found safety and found refuge in, in terms of my father, you know, financially now in terms of like, you know, are we entering into a stage of, you know, potential global recession or depression? Plus a lot of my livelihood is now dried up. And then the, the, and then, you know, it being in the listening and, and being seduced by a couple of people that weren't in the rightness for me, clearly, based on the fact that it didn't align into fruition. And then the deeper piece, which is like, whoa, okay, amidst all of this, like, where do I get to go in terms of my own personal rightness, my own personal glory, that's not at effect to buy all these things, but actually is the source, is the, source, is the cause of that which I'm seeking to birth through me. So it's a real, uh, it's a real piece right now. And, and you and I, when we've talked before, one of the things I've loved about our conversations is I feel like you always, it's, a, it's always a reckoning because you don't say what you want, someone wants to hear, but you say in some ways what is uh, of greatest service to that uh, sense of glory, that sense of like what, what, what is our truest, our truest self and our truest form, what it wants to, what it wants to come back to. So as, as it relates to your personal perspective on that boulder and the mountain, if you will, sort of the, the, the dance between um, survival and glory, as in, and glory in, 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 as we define it, and maybe you can define it in your own words, but how are you seeing that dance currently, given the mm-hmm. fact that it's really being brought in sharp relief for us both individually, I think, and also in the collective field? Yeah. I think, like, one of the things is, with regards, if we take the context of survival right now, all of us are kind of, as I described to you yesterday, we are being called upon, so to say. Mm. And and one of the things I can see I'm being called upon is I, really the, the space that is now being created in the sense that, am I fit for survival? Mm. Am I fit for life? This is, and it's very existential question. 
But it's existential question from it in regards to survival, because I'm thrown back to me right now. I can't use you to escape. We have to maintain a six feet distance. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All these reactions around me that I have used as a way to somehow feel like I am here and yeah, because so many people like me, so I will be able to survive. All that is being stripped away. Now, I'm, I'm, I have this opportunity to ask myself, am I fit for life, really? Do I have uh, something that, or as how I am, is there something here to offer? You know, what, what, what can I offer? That's being called upon in the context of survival. What can I do right now to survive, we can say biologically, but it's essentially a question that I'm saying, am I fit for life? Mm. Um, it's very interesting because even like if you talk about in, even in employment and stuff, if you've been employed and you've been on your own, right? If you've been employed, you may think, yeah, I'm fit for survival, I'm fit for life, right? Well, I may have a skill that can fit into an organization that is fit for life. Mm. However, let's say now I decide to be self-employed. Remember, when I chose to be self-employed, that was when I had to face this question. It was a reality check. I was yeah. like, shit, if I don't work a day, I'll go hungry, you know? Yeah. If I get sick, what's going to happen then? So it was the difference was not so much what I was going to do or the habits I was going to inculcate. It was actually about me saying, oh, my God, how I have held myself when I was an employee and how I'm holding myself now that I'm not employed is holding <laughs> And so this is what I mean. Like we're all aiming for the mountain, yeah. but where we trip is on the pebble. <laughs> yes. Right? Well, I that. And if we are using the mountain as the means for us to forget there are pebbles there, then we are guaranteeing ourselves to, to fall in the, in the pebble. And I've, I've tripped over so many pebbles, so many pebbles. But here's where the beauty is, right? One of the realizations that I came to, that I became conscious of is, Damn, I've spent my whole life in trying to be able, skillful, doing this, that, and the other. Purely as a means for me to avoid being conscious of where my pebbles are. In a way to to try to convince myself I don't have any. And so, because of that, I have been just stayed at this question of, am I just fit for life? Nothing more could have happened. Like when you talk about glory, I just use what my teacher, how he framed it. He said, glory is when, when I see me as a role for the bigger. There is no more me already. There is no more concern. It's not a narcissism glory. Mm. But, but that is an earned state, so to say. The survival bit, it's okay. It's about me here. If I can answer me, I'm fit for survival. I'm right, I earn the right to consider you too. Me and you too. I call it, uh, like, maybe we can call it, the the word he used was stability. Mm. We can be stable, you know. But for glory, we're saying, this is no more important. Now I'm just, as we call it, a valley, a vessel for something more. But can you, one thing I became conscious of, oh my God, how much I have to answer me. How much I have to get real with me. And face all those pebbles. The pebbles are everything that is fraudulent about me. Everything that I have used the reactions of another to cheat my way that I'm already that. All of that is being stripped away right now. Um, and, and the resistance to this, like you say, we watch Netflix or alcohol, the numbing that we are, we are going for right now is not that we want to resist facing ourselves. What I've discovered is 
facing ourselves and answering this question, at least for me, I have seen, was never valued by the world or what's around me because it's me to me. Mm. What was valued about the world was about facing the world's truth, which was value systems. So when I, like when I was growing up, nobody looked at me, uh, me and said, Navin, wow, as you are, the, you, 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 you are an offering. They said, if you do this, Navin, and you subscribe to this value that we are making important, then you have something to offer. So I spent my whole life being lied to. <laughs> and when one thing is being lied to, then when you buy the lie, now you are lying to yourself. You are doing everything and you are using other people to lie to yourself too. And this is a big uh, crack that had to happen. And it happened in, in my life too as, as suddenly... What's going on? How come? I set out saying I want to be a blessing to all too, right? But why am I being thrown back to this? This question of am I fit for survival? So what was revealed was almost I have to now face this question. Right now I'm here. Face the question. As I am, what do I offer? Not from a value, world value perspective. What have I come to see for me that I offer? And one of the things that's revealing right now, Mike, is I'm not, a, I'm not here to offer what's ideal, what's being subscribed. I'm here to offer my tripping and my struggle of my pebbles. Mm. That's what I, that, that's me being real with this. How come I can't offer that? Well, I think that's beautiful because, at least for me, in terms of feedback, and it's been a real journey for me because I think like you and like society as you as you articulate you know we are nurtured and born into and raised in a world that starts to mold us in the direction of defining our success or our value commensurate with what society says is valuable or what another deems as valuable i mean from grades to awards to trophies i mean we're very it's inculcated at a very early age and oftentimes especially society, that's, that's in, always in the pinnacle, right? Like the Oscars, the Grammys, that's, it's always awarding the best and the, the, the winner, you know, in a very competitive aspect, which sort of, which sort of uh, engenders the consciousness to move towards that, you know, only celebrating that which is the best in you, the, the mo- you know, the most exalted. Uh, we should actually, we should talk, because you and I both love uh, this Michael Jordan documentary and talk about, uh, talk, talk about uh, Jordan in a very, is a very real use case. But, um, uh, but, but, but what, I was, what I'm getting at is to say, I think one of the things, the goals that I think you bring out is uh, it, the, the truth is, the things, what I've seen anecdotally is that people relate and resonate with the, for lack of a better term, the warts. They actually, the vulnerability is where people actually see themselves, right? Like I'm fascinated, for example, by Michael Jordan because he is an exemplification of that societally deemed excellence. And he is a true expression of that. I mean, I, and I think What's 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 also interesting is there is a glory I think in in who he how he played because I think there was there was a beauty and an aspect that was beyond the ego. There was also a massive amount of societal competitive you know like so it's this interesting you know amalgam and now you know as you and I talked yesterday we're both watching this 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 documentary The Last Dance which relives his his societal glory in the form of six NBA championships and, you know, being deemed the GOAT, the the greatest ever to play the game. 
And so there's a whole societal orientation around that glory. But I would imagine, and you know, again, forgive me if I if I mess this uh, this um, this uh, this analogy up. But I think the glory we're talking about is who is Michael Jordan in the gym when no one else is watching? Like, the, in some ways, the beauty of Michael Jordan in his glory beyond the accolades, beyond the championships, that is just his art in motion in relationship to himself and the creator, if you will, or the creator moving through him, which I do think he exemplified in many ways. For me, what I'm seeing is... I'm kind of losing track of the anchor. If you take the audience out of the stadium and you take the awards out of the stadium and it's just you by yourself in, 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 on the basketball court, what is the game you want to play, so to speak? And for me, what I'm finding value in is on that court, I'm finding a lot of people resonating with the moments where I share the missed shots, you know, like the, 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 the aspects in which I actually dropped the ball or I tripped over, again, mixing, mixing metaphors, the pebble, you know, or I, you know, so I think because I think that, so what I found is society teaches us to exalt that perfection or those accolades, those things you've achieved that other people haven't, but the actual... Uh, stripping away of that back to the thing that is the most relatable to me is actually, um, how do I put this? It's, it's the glory, not in the glory because someone else validates it as the glory because that's, that's the deceptive aspect. It's exactly. the glory in that it's the truth of you. And it's the truth of you in a way that people also see the story in it. You know, what's interesting, I'm going to go here for a minute. So a lot of times, so I've, I've, I've had the good pleasure of sitting with, I think, some really beautiful um, teachers, and I would put you in that company. I've also had the great pleasure of sitting with a great number of, of really rarefied um, rooms in the context of really profound indigenous elders. And what I've seen is, the, and you and I have talked about this, there's definitely teachers out there that are very much in the societal success and they wear that success and they're wearing all the outfits or they're, you know, they're wearing the infomercials or whatever and they're doing the things that society sees as, wow, that's the person, you know? And what I've seen with these indigenous elders uh, is they teach spiritually not through prescription, not by telling you, oh, this is what you have to do to be successful. They teach in their humility. They teach in their way of being. They teach in their story, right? Like, and in the story is the parable. And oftentimes there's profound insights in that story. Uh, but it's not something that's prescriptive as in like, I figured out, excuse me, I figured out these eight ways of being. And if you only follow my method, you know, you'll achieve the glory. It's more, you know, Dear relatives, so thank you so much for coming. You know, I, I can't say much. I, I haven't figured out much, but what I do know is that uh, it's good to be with you. You know, and it's just this notion, this kind of humble, graceful, and in that humility, for me at least, I, that's where I've gotten insights into true glory. And I know that 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 humility and that um, that uh, vulnerability for me, is a greater pathway to the true glory within myself. 
as opposed to the striving, exalted, award-seeking nature that I think is uh, societally deemed as the as the way to get there. And I and I will say I definitively haven't figured it out. And I go back frequently because, you know, the tricky part is also survival does oftentimes. Uh, correlate with that more, you know, what's the unique aspect of yourself that actually society deems important because that's the thing people will remunerate you for financially. So that's where the dance gets tricky as opposed to just the, you know, the humble, you know, vulnerable, you know, seeker. But, but it, but it, but it is, but it is, I think, a beautiful reckoning to be in the realization that, that actually the truth of it is in is in that is in that empty room like where do you go how do you play what's your grace look like when no one's watching when it's not at effect and as you said to sort of bring it a little bit back like when there's when you're six feet apart from everyone when you're in relationship to just simply who you want to be and how you show up in relationship to yourself you know like when no when no one when it's not about proving or validating or legitimating yourself in the eyes of anyone but yeah. yourself. And I think yeah. that that's the beauty I think you and I when I that I took away yesterday during our call and, and one of the reasons I thought it'd be such medicine to have you um, share in the context of today is I think what we're being confronted with um, is that what's the rightness within myself, not in relationship to all the other stimuli that's around. And, and then to take it to a different level, which I guess is, you know, and, and then to a different level, you know, which I think is an interesting aspect on the environmental side, which I think we've, so there's the individual, but then there's also this agency, which we see ourselves as like, you know, um, we see our sovereignty, our our self, our self determination. I think one of the other great teachers that's being shown right now is that we—that's a fallacy, right? Like that—that that yes, sure, there is agency within, but ultimately we yeah. are all interconnected and we are all interdependent. And yeah. and I feel like the guy, the great Gaian mind, the great Gaian intelligence, which is this consciousness beyond the self, right? The consciousness beyond the illusion of of you know me in the gym by myself. The fact that. I am the gym. I am myself. I am every. You know, we are because there is no I. That yeah. that 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 the guy in mind, the guy in intelligence, is actually cleansing itself. You know, we're seeing you know holes in the ozone's being patched and dolphins swimming in the canals. Right now, outside in Los Angeles, I have bioluminescent algae that are that are, that I've never wow. seen before in six years. And there's a there's a sort of a there's a cleansing that's happening in the in the. Yeah. You know, in the I think in the Gaian mind, in that consciousness, that 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 is, that's actually quite beautiful. Not to in any way, um, you know, diminish anyone who's who's in, who's encountering personal suffering, but but there's something bigger happening as well. So I'm fascinated by how the individual, that deep like where we go when no one else is watching, um, is a microcosmic representation of also the bigger macro consciousness and how it's trying to wake us up. To, to 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 the truth of that that interdependence and that and that and that greater macro sense. So, I don't actually. That's not really a question. More 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 prompt of like what your thoughts prompted in me. Yeah. But but it's as a beautiful it, thing. you've led to that though. I can I can definitely. But I like to I like to go with that. Yes, please. I like to, I like to go with that word humility. Um, like personally, if I'm looking at this right now, I'm hearing all of us have a speculation what a blessing this is and whatnot. 
but if I if let's say I just hold uh, me to be um, humble and just allow this fact, so to say, to be as it is, the first realness I have to confront about me is I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> yes. What's come out of this? <laughs> that much I have absolutely no clue. And now, if this is, it happened one day and now it wasn't there one day and it happened another day. Uh, it just goes to show how unpredictable life is. At least it's revealing that. Also, the process that that life holds itself to, it's a constant process, right? The, so the second element of humility I'm faced to, to confront with now is that have I seen myself as a process? Have I held myself? Like you talked about the rightness, right? Have I held myself as a process? Meaning, I have come to know a lot about me right now and my habits and, and how I am and what I believe and all that. But am I also holding myself with a space that this is like a process? Maybe this is the input. There's another output, and that becomes the input, and then that becomes an out, goes to another output. And everybody would like to say, yes, I live life wanting to grow, I've lived life you know, being curious and all these things, but I was, I'm all, always doing that. It's like I'm learning this, I'm understanding that and all that, but I'm actually saying, am I learning this, am I understanding it, am I doing all of that, actually just to feed this sense that I'm, I am growing, or am I truly being humble? Am I truly in humility here? Am I being facing a fact, allowing that fact to destroy a assumed fact and allow something more to emerge? Or is this fact perceiving that fact? So right now, with the, when we come back to the fit for survival bit, this situation now throws us back, right? It will only seem like a crisis if I have not held myself in the humility of me being a process. I want to defend what I have chosen to assume as the fact of me, and the situation has changed. My question of, am I fit for survival, is now what can I do? And even that is being stripped away. So, if I were to contemplate and guess that this is a blessing, to every single human being, it's a blessing from the point that now it it locks down that space that I have to now confront myself and say, have I held myself as a process? That means not I am in a process. Am I a process? Have I lived in a way I was a process or have I lived, so to say, um, uh, reinforcing me and finding ways to cheat life, to manipulate life, to fit me? Right. So this is the, for me, this is the question of am I fit for survival? So this entire situation happening here, am I, am I fit for life? Is actually asking me a more evolutionary question. Am I holding myself as this evolving entity, not even from a spiritual abstract concept? As in, am I dying to something in this moment and, and waking up to something more with a challenge I'm facing? And the thing is, this is where we go back to the value. Like when I was growing up, the, the, the value sold to me is that as long as you are fit for another, you will survive well. Mm. So I was someone who, who was always trying to fit what people want, what people want, you know. And I could, 
uh, incredible skill to be able to do so. But it would never, it, the outcome would never be, you know, not you do good for me, not good for that. The misery is because I, I was convinced that's what I have to offer. And that offering was based on the outward value. What was I, as I am, going to offer? That was never placed any value. And of course, I betrayed that uh, lock, stock, and barrel. Imagine if you have something to offer as you, but the world is saying, no, 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 this is what we value. And this is what we value if you offer this. And, and you are highly skilled at offering that, right? Mm -hmm. But in that process of fulfilling them, haven't you betrayed you? Right? Now, how many years of me betraying me is there? Now, when I'm forced to confront this, as I am right now, what can I offer? I know outwardly I can offer by holding myself six feet away from another. <laughs> but what do I offer as I am? And so this, when I said I have to offer my struggle or the pebbles that I am here, it is in the humility of not that, oh, this is humble, I, this is how I, I failed and, and whatnot. It's in the humility of realizing that I am a process. So, of course, I want to detect my pebble because that gives me, that gives me the consciousness. I can be conscious of my pebble. I know from this point is what is the next process. What's my next, what's the area I need to grow from? So, if I just quote the six rights, just to kind of bring it down to the six rights of creation and the emperor. He said the first right, and the rights are a beautiful word because it's how I hold myself. That's so how we hold a right, a sacred right, and, and all these ceremonial rights. Am I holding myself first to be conscious of the effect I'm in? Like right now, we are all in a, in a, we are all connected because there is a fact facing everyone globally. It's no more my fact, your fact, or whatever, right? Now, am I conscious of my experience or effect of this, of this fact? I don't really care about the fact, you know. I'm actually in touch with the effect. If I'm not conscious of it, right, all I am is just this effect, thinking about it, contemplating it, and, and uh, taking action from it, which essentially means I'm just, I'm just the past moving forward, so to say. I'm a reaction, right? If I can just be conscious, oh, this is something I'm experiencing, but it's not the experiencer. That is not all there is to me. <clears throat> Someone points out, uh, uh, what do you call it, a behavior of mine. If I can be conscious, this is, an, this is how, what the behavior I've inculcated to experience a sense of me. Then I understand I'm here too. I'm not just this behavior. I'm not just this effect. So I grew up in an environment where the effect, prevalent effect, was of comparison. Oh, you got to be better than your neighbor, you know, you got to be better than your cousin, you got to be better. And this is constantly there, right? So my sense of me is nothing but that effect. Am I better or worse? Am I the winner or the loser? <laughs> and from this point here, am I going to look at facts in my life? It's always going to be looked from the light of that duality, so to say. And that was how it was. In order for me to feel like I had value, I had to make another loser for me to feel like a winner. Or whenever I felt like I had no value, it was because somebody else was a winner and I was a loser. <laughs> it was the misery of that. So now just being conscious of this effect, the one being conscious is now present. I do not just have to be, 
limited or reduced to this effect. Like all this anxiety is because we have attached ourselves to the experience or the effect. We've built an identity out of it. If many people pay attention to you and say, Mike, what a great guy you are. If, if somehow I have caught on to that, their reactions and made it an experience of who I am, this COVID isolation period now would be incredibly depressing for you. My feeding chain has been disrupted. Mm -hmm. So now where is me, right? If, if this effect is what I have... Uh, that's why I like that movie, uh, Tom Hanks, you know, he was lost in an island, I forgot what it was called, uh, Air Crash. And he had nobody, he was alone. I forgot what the movie was called. Yeah, he had the Wilson, the volleyball. I, I forget the name as well, but I know what you're talking about. He named the ball Wilson so he could have a reaction from the ball and sense he was there because he was going crazy. Yeah. Look, it was very brilliant, right? So one of the things I, I, I face and struggle with daily is, am I inevitably catching, uh, identifying myself with an effect? Because if I do, then I want to ensure that the source of this effect is always there. Even though I may be outwardly say, I want a wonderful life, I want great and all that, but I may be creating a reality that feeds me this effect. Why? Because I want to remain the same. I don't, I don't see myself as a process. So in our first uh, podcast, I used to say, I'm a disciple, I'm living my disciplehood. This word was associated with that. I see me as this process which means I know I don't know a lot of stuff. I know I have many pebbles. And so now how do I hold myself now that I can, I can navigate from that, which is what is real really? Because idealism is easy, you know? Mm. You can fake it till you make it, but that making it is based on the fact the others believe this is what making it is. <laughs> if they don't believe it, yeah, so this, I, I, this I resonate with that. Humility. Yes. Humility has another dimension to that, you know? <laughs> what, what have you found in your humility? Like, what, has been, what have been some of the greatest gifts of your humility? Hmm. To get in touch with that as I am, I'm an offering. Hmm. To get in touch with the fact that Life doesn't just have to be about self, about this self reinforcing itself, its validity. Mm. It can also be about the other, without dismissing me either, or dismissing you to feel me. It can also be about everything else, and I can be a part of that whole, that I don't have to have a separate identity. But for me to be open to that fact, right? Firstly, am I fit for survival? And survival does not just mean food to eat. It means, am I, am I fit in the sexual supremacy bit, in the inclusion bit? Like in society, you know, there's some people can't, can't, uh, can't make a friend. Whenever, wherever they go, it's always conflicts over, right? They're not fit for, for survival. Mm. Or some people feel, oh, you know, I'm so unwanted and all because they can't find a mate of their choice or a chosen mate of themselves, right? This is the pebble they get stuck in, you know? If, if I don't have the capacity now to, uh, to earn a living, let's say, or to feed myself, right? There's no point of me thinking, how can I be a vessel for, as a blessing for the all? <laughs> I'm going to use whatever I undertake there now as a means to address this, you see? 
you're always caught at your constraint. They say the strength of a chain lies in its weakest link. Yes. It takes at the weakest link. So how have we educated ourselves or surrounded ourselves with a scenario and this whole idealism teachers are feeding into that disease that we are using the pursuit of idealism as another way to escape looking at my pebbles. But within my pebbles is where really where I am is, where I, where I reside and what is possible as me resides. And we've seen this many a times where when people go into entrepreneurship or something like that and they have a huge goal, right? They haven't even learned to first be fit for the company to operate and balance its books with currently it is. It's like, yeah, next year we're going to go there, right? And so it's a, it's a kind of reality check, mm. except I'm at check. <laughs> like how much of a reality check am I in? You know, I know I'm, 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 I say, oh, the world, you know, it's not real, it's this, it's that. But how much of a reality check am I in? How real am I? What, what's real here? And, and I use these parameters, Mike. It's like, whatever I'm claiming about me, does it need the reaction of another to validate it? If it does, fraud. <laughs> yeah, you use the word fraud and cheating uh, in terms of us cheating ourselves from, from, in a way from the truth and how that is a, is a way in which we rob, I, I think, ourselves of our, of our own sort of glory. Again, not the socially imposed glory, but, uh, but our individual glory. Uh, in terms also, of the right Just to add one statement, more so that I use life and the other as an accomplice to that. Mm. And that's where I'm not a blessing, then I'm a curse. I may not be conscious of it, but I'm doing it. Yeah. That's why I was talking about the six rights of creation is a global peace effort. People say, wait, these rights allow people to learn for themselves how they can wake up as creator. How is that a global peace effort? Yes as themselves so they can be a blessing to another. They don't have to use the world as a way to convince they are a creator or another. I can use your compliment as a way for me to feel good. That's cheating. Have I held myself as someone who is good? I've mm. seen how I've fallen from it and then see how I have to wake up to hold myself not to fall. The thing is, once you've fallen over one pebble, if you're conscious of it, not try to escape it, you'll never fall over that, neck, that pebble again. You know? mm. Every human being is, at least has conscience in that sense. You know? So in a way, it's like we're waking up to ourselves. And so in, in, in some ways, the, the misgivings, if you will, or I think even in some ways the traditional notion, as I understood it, of sin, wasn't the judgmental, like, shame, guilt-oriented notion of your horrible human or person, but actually sin was a, a misstep, if you will, a, 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 uh, a move away from the rightness of who you are, and ultimately, ultimately the, the, the God, the sacred, the, the glory is, is ostensibly just looking for you to be, it's like a, it's like a pro, not a problem, it's like a challenge seeking to find its own solution in the rightness of you, like it's like, it's like okay, how do I... How do I realign and how do I use that pebble as a, um, to get back into, to right the ship, if you will. That's my sense of it. More than that though, when I'm, when I'm betraying me, 
Mm. I haven't even earned the right to even bring in anything more as God or spirituality or what more is that. Mm. Because that can be used as ammunition for me to escape this. Now it says, no, I'm devoting myself to that. And that becomes a means for me to betray me even more, which a lot of these so-called spiritual... That's what you call spiritual bypassing. Yes. They're using spirituality, meditation, all of these knowledge eh, as a way as a way to teach people to betray themselves. Mm. With the whole thing as this will give your life meaning or this then you will be a blessing to all. But have I answered me first? <laughs> you I, know, I, I, I got caught in that bandwagon too. I mean, it's so easy. You hang around with a few people and suddenly you're realizing, oh, maybe I'm not doing something right. And yeah. I'm already betraying me by even thinking that. Yes. Now, why have we been made felt so bad to essentially be selfish? Because this is one reason I've seen is because they said, if you are going to now pay attention and ask yourself that question right here, you can't be of value to me. So how am I going to exploit you? <laughs> so now, I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to blame the other for thinking that way. I'm going to blame me for being a sucker for that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take back that right. Yes. And remember, the moment I take back that right, Mike, I'm also freeing you to that right for yourself. Mm. It's the dual action, just as this corona social distancing. I wear that mask. I'm protecting me from you, but I'm also protecting you from me mm. in one action, you know. And holding the six feet. Wow. <laughs> Watch that disease. Yeah. And this disease is part of discovering the pebbles, at yes. least for me. And and I must and I speak as a disciple, I say this is as much as I can have become conscious of. Mm. And remember, with everything I became conscious of, more than I got excited about what I became conscious of, because now I am there and I'm not just reduced to this. I also became conscious, oh my God, I wonder how much more things I'm blind to. Yes. Because I was blind up to the point I became conscious to this. Right. Now, if I hold myself in that, would that be what it means by humility living? If I hold myself in that light, if we all held ourselves in that light, would we be truly a civilization that can consider oneself as I consider you too? And as I consider you, I'm considering me too? Maybe then, probably, possibly, there is a space. At least this is the struggle I live, not just for me, but I realize in living this struggle for me, I'm actually being a blessing to another. Because I understand this, because I'm, I'm conscious of this, not just what I've come to light with, but what I'm, what I'm in the dark with. Mm. So I'm going to be extremely alert for that. What is your... Uh, what are the tools for those listening? Uh, I'm just mindful. You and I, this will not, of course, definitely, this is, we will continue to have these conversations, but I'm mindful of, uh, in the worldly sense, the fact that you have about five more minutes uh, left before you have to jump. Um, I know also that you are currently just about to kick off or just kicked off a 21-day uh, free challenge that for those who are listening, um, may support them in that, that process of inquiry. Um, can you give a little bit more context? Because I first learned about it yesterday. I thought the timing was auspicious. Granted, now this, this, uh, this, um, this podcast will be evergreen, right? So people may be listening to it, call it a year from now. So, yeah. 
But I imagine access uh, to these tools will be evergreen as well. So just while we have a few minutes, uh, because I think if, especially given the fact that it's free, I think especially given the fact that uh, our timing right now and people having some very significant questions that are aligned to some of what we've discussed, but we're really just scratching the surface. Um, can, you, can you give a little bit more context into what, what happens during the course of those 21 days and what the focus uh, of, the, of the program is? Yeah. So the 21-day creation challenge is, um, is basically a challenge that, is, uh, that has been offered by my teacher. I've been learning with him for 21 years. In the East, he's called an enlightened master. But he, he, he teaches people who are, uh, for those who are coming who are seeking this as part of their living question. <clears throat> but he's created what he calls the 18 rights of awakening. And the right relates to how I'm holding myself and in a way that what this process here can naturally wake up to what it's here to wake up to, right? So the first six rights deal with this question of, am I fit for life? So it's called the six rights of creation. And it's an unbelievable, I've even uh, actually uh, immersed myself in the learning for, for, for at least a year right now. It's unbelievable simply because it's, it's that... Like we are talking essentially today about the parameters for me to look at me, the parameters that will hold me objective to get real with me, right? Yeah. And these six parameters allow me to get real with this question, am I fit for life? Can I live in a way that I am conscious of how I affect and shape life? And this is one of the first fundamental, so to say, rights that we must kind of earn the merit for, for ourselves, we all know this, right? As you know, if you are not fit for life, you're, you're going to go extinct. Mm. Either through business, through life, whatever. In businesses, you see that, those who are not fit for it. So it can be applied to any aspect of one's reality. The doorway is, if there is a distress that exists with a, party, a part of my reality and, and me, it's not how I want it to be, this distress is simply saying, I must wake up to something of me that I have, I'm not yet conscious of. And so this 21-day challenge has got, each day has a, a short curated videos, insights into each right, and it goes through three layers of it. The first, uh, so it's six rights, each day one right, eight-minute video, and you watch a video on a free app, uh, a download app, it's free by Dian Wimmer, my teacher. And then there's a contemplation you take throughout the day, right? That contemplation allows you to hold, the contemplation is almost holding you to be conscious of something. And the first six days is the understanding. You're learning certain principles. Then the next, uh, the seventh day is a consolidation of it. Then the next six days is the sadhana, the work. How do I actually apply this? How do I live this? And you almost move into it like a scientist. You know, it's like you don't have to believe it or disbelieve. You actually use your own life as an observation, as your lab, so to say. And then the con uh, consolidation on the seventh day, and the last seven days is what's called the benediction. Now, in being right with this, now, how am I an offering? How is this entire thing, as I'm doing this to wake up the best of me, how is this also for the best of humanity? Double action. It's not that, oh, as I do this, I will be a benediction. No. Because I'm doing this, this will be a benediction. So, like, if you want to wake up to the best of you, Mike, even in any area of your life, right, it cannot just be for you, right? If I am producing excellence... The, the recipient of the excellence is going to benefit too. 
if I buy a watch and the watch is such of high quality, right? The watchmaker may think, wow, he's lived out the best of him in that excellence, right? But I have just received excellence too. I wear that watch, it allows me to hold myself in a way, at least I'm going to see a better part of me, a best part of me. Mm. So it's so it's so intertwined. You know? The trouble with the... We have all been educated to be so ego, uh, and I don't use the word ego, but so, what do you call it? It's about me. How do I make it about me? Identity uh, obsessed. Like, how do I differentiate me? Yes. And this is still the survival question, sexual supremacy. Like, I grew up, you know, I was being groomed to almost be the one, the best, the what, you know. And, and it, before you know it, you're suddenly, this is important. How did this become important? How come I didn't see the, that I, as I am, I effect? That mm. you are, you effect. How, how, how was I blinded to that? And so these six rights, right now is a beautiful time for people to participate in for themselves because they are there it's almost like a beautiful parameter that someone can just go into and see how have they lived as a creator as someone who is here to effect mm. and to bring a consciousness to it how do i become conscious of that just waking up to that for oneself and these 21 days <clears throat> just exposing yourself to that don't even not even finding a solution or shortcut wakes up so many things. Like I've done like three runs of it. Now we have a, like a global launch where every seven days we have an hour Zoom session. People from around the world, there are three time zones, they join in. There's going to be another launch coming. Just to kind of like, hey, I'm doing this for me, I'm alone. But hey, there are others too. Mm. That we are holding each other to hold ourselves to. Yeah. So it's part of a friends to mankind sort of off effort because right now all of us are seeing how interconnected we really are that the post-corona world is never going to be, it's just about me. You know, narcissism has no place anymore. Yes. Differentiation to create a strength in my identity has no place anymore. Mm. This is the fact. Whether we want to be real with it or not is another question, but that's a fact. So this 21-day challenge is, it's an offering and it's it's quick. You down, you get started. Uh, I would recommend for that and, and one of the things I was also suggesting to you is that we could have a 21 day podcast here where we went through the contemplation together for ourselves and shared our views so, so there are many groups small groups around the world right now of just friends who got together they're doing the challenge and they're kind of holding each other to that and exploring what it comes out mm. so it's almost like a trigger you know this rights so yeah beautiful well I, I would say um First of all, I mean, it's, it's so aligned in terms of, you know, my intention for the month of May was, was really around this notion of how can we, you know, it's titled Mental Health Awareness Month. But I think one of the things that I've reckoned with in the context of the great challenge we're in is so much of the, of the message has been around the, the, the attended to, attendance to our physical needs as it relates to uh, not propagating a dis-ease. But I haven't seen quite as much around the mental fortitude, uh, the yeah. mental resilience, the mental training, such that we know who we want to be as we come out of this period. So I'm going to link to the challenge below. And I know you've got to jump on a call, but I'm actually I would love to check it out. I would love to discuss it further with you. So to be continued. But for those listening, um, I'm going to link to the challenge below. You can tap into it today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening and uh, utilize it as a great tool for getting clear on who you are 
outside of the noise of all of um, these inputs and and what is the if I may, and I, I could be incorrect here, but one of the, 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 the beauties I took from our work together before is what is the rightness of you in relationship to yourself? Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's, or a simpler way to put it is, how would I have to hold myself so the best of me is lived out? What is possible here can be lived out, not as a, as a concept, mm. but actually. Mm. Like, like just a last note maybe to put it, and this is a pebble of mine, right, I would like to share. I was someone who could mentally conceptualize, understand so much, and I had an ecstasy of that understanding. But I realized it was not actual. Mm. It did not reflect actually, and which means now this becomes an obstacle to that. Mm. So one of the things, is not that my mental understanding or intellectuality or whatever is bad, but now that has been used as an instrument for me to escape me. <laughs> so how do, I, how do I show up and wake up to that? Mm-hmm. So there's a beautiful story. I just end this story. Uh, and that link, Mike, I will update with you the link because it's been renewed. Great. Um, the beautiful story my teacher just shared with today in a talk that he was giving. He was saying there was once a, a, a man found out there was a master there and he had a son who was addicted to sugar. Like he didn't want to stop eating sugar. He was telling him, you've got to stop eating. It's bad for you. And all. So he said, I'll go to the, the village. He said, I'll go to the master and ask his advice. He's a wise man. So he brings the son along, and then he goes there, he says, oh, dear master, please, can you please tell my son to stop eating sugar? You're a respected man, I'm sure he'll listen to you. So the master says, uh, he looked at the boy, he says, you're eating sugar? He says, okay, you guys go back, come back in two weeks, then I'll, uh, I'll give you an answer. So the guy was a bit confused, so he brought him back two weeks, he was still eating sugar. Then he came back, then the master started talking to the boy about it and giving him advice and stuff, and then the man said, how come you didn't, tell all this before. He said, I first had to say two weeks and see if I could not eat sugar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had to do it myself before I could preach it. Exactly. I love that. Uh, exactly. So even when I, if I go out and do the workshops or offer this work, I'm actually offering my struggle as a disciple. Mm. How do I fall? How am I trying to hold myself not to fall again? I have nothing to teach anybody. Yeah. I have not... You can't, in fact. Can you see now the, 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 the paradox of it? You yes. can't teach anyone anything. And that's why I love these rites. Because it's almost something that I, I am now have a parameter that does not influence me or take me away from me, but actually brings me back to me in a way that I don't have to be affected by the truth that I see. Mm. That I can hold and truly wake up to remember who am I really, which is a discovery. I love that. And the first remembrance, uh, at least Dian Wimmel proposes, is the remembrance that I'm a creator, mm. that I effect. If I'm more conscious of this remembrance, the more I'll be conscious of my how I'm effecting and shaping my life. And this is when I become truly fit for survival, mm. like fit for life, so to say. Mm. Then something else more opens up, really, actually, not spiritually, conceptually, <laughs> the whole woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> But for reals, it's like you're yeah. unlock. You're you're actually unlock. You do the work to actually um, unlock the next level for you. Not levels as in you're ascending, you know, uh, you know, achieving nature, but more yeah. okay. Instead of that being, uh, you know, a concept, it's actually ideally a lived practice. That's it. Embodied. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe we can talk about. Uh, we can speak about that in the next one about this. The, the science of embodiment, so to say. What is that? 
I'm in. And let's, that's my struggle. Yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's, let's do the next conversation on embodiment. So I'll let you go because I know you got to jump on a call. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you the link later. Send yeah. me the link. Navin Pillay, thank you, my brother, and uh, to be continued. Thank you. Always a pleasure speaking with you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> and there you have it, my episode with the one and only Navin Pillay. This will not be our last conversation. I just I so appreciate his perspective, the way that he looks at the world. And I think that right now we need to come together uh, collectively and really revision our collective future. And I think that starts as anything worthwhile does within and really getting clear on what our unique gift is, our unique offering, who are we beyond the noise of, of the world in terms of what it was telling us to be or who we were programmed to be. Who are we truly, and what is our unique gift, our unique calling, and how can we utilize this time most effectively? That is not by any means to negate the need for survival. I'm with you in uh, considering through, you know, like, how do we navigate uncertain and and sometimes troubled uh, waters? Um, And I think in navigating that, there's no more essential time to consider what your true gift to the world is. So... With that, my friends, I hope you got a lot of value from the episode. If you did, it'd mean the world to me if you went over and left a, a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us uh, build this community. And it all, as always, if you have any feedback, you can hit me up directly at Michael Trainer on uh, Instagram. Uh, always love your thoughts, your feedback, and um, just grateful for you. I hope you guys are keeping well out there, keeping safe, sending you my, my warmest regards. And with that, please go out there and live your inspired life.